to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast, where we help you discover gospel clarity and openness in a new way by letting go of the culture and finding your truth while having some fun doing it. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Peck and Luann Roundy. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back once again, as always, to another fine episode of the Impeccable Perspective podcast. Here we are, dedicating our lives <laughs> to you guys for your entertainment slash gospel learning slash self-revelations and awareness. We pretty much bring it all, if you think about it, don't we? <laughs> I always love your intros. I just can't wait to hear what you're going to come up with. They're off the top. Off the top. Every time. Exactly. Every or over time. the top, one over of the, the two. Over the top. They're usually both. I think, though, sure. as we evolve in our podcast, we are becoming a little deeper in our impeccable perspective of uh, gospel topics and kind of delving into some of the deeper, more meaningful levels of the culture and how it affects us and really honing in on truth in the gospel. Funny you should say that. I think today's topic uh, does fit that description quite a bit from, uh, from what we know. In fact, yes, we are doing a deep dive, so make sure you put on your scuba gear because <laughs> you are going, we're taking you down 20,000 leagues. Let's see how many oceanic cliches we can say all yes. at once. I don't know. Or if you're really old, you will remember 20,000 leagues under the sea. That's but. right. Jack Cousteau. All that good stuff. Once again, dating ourselves. <laughs> disappointing people. <laughs> With how old we Either are. Either that or just disappointing. I think they just love our wisdom. That's how I choose to, uh, to, look, just at to look at it. Every yeah. gray hair that we both have has so much wisdom embedded in it. Well, mine are more silver, uh, and it's okay, because <laughs> I'm I a silver call, fox. Yeah, I was going to say, I was just going to say that, Joe, that the silver fox. Let me just say, the ladies love it, I'm not going to lie. Have you seen Sing 2? Silver fox suddenly gets no. a, oh, a whole different connotation oh, to really? it. I'll check it out. I it's actually don't watch a really Disney good movies. movie. Okay, I'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't watch those movies at all, even now that my kids are older. I, uh, I definitely don't watch those movies at all. Uh, there is some bonos in it, and there's definite U2 songs in it that okay. are worth, it's, it's worth seeing. Bono. Okay, then that I will definitely yeah. take a look at. Cause, I mean, uh, and he's one of the actors in Bono Sings. And my kids said, wow, his voice, because I played the original U2 version and then the Sing 2, and they said, oh, his voice just sounds older. Well, Bono is older, but Oh, still- it was a song from before, though? Yes, oh, they, they're all songs. For, they're, they're U2 songs, but a lot of them are from a long time ago. Yes, Okay. Yeah. still haven't found what I'm looking right. for. Oh, yeah, his voice has been since the 80s. His voice has definitely changed. Definitely, <laughs> but deeper. still just as good. Oh, absolutely, 100%. They both They both said he was a great character, and they really liked his singing. So bringing it to the so, new generation. I know. I have a theory about uh, Bono and U2, speaking of. Let's just jump right into that uh, right off the bat here, because this is kind of interesting. I, uh, he's one of my heroes, I would say, for sure. Is he um, from Canada? No, okay. they're from Ireland. Okay. You two, they're all from Ireland, uh, which is, let's be honest, it's essentially the same thing. 
<laughs> honorary Canadians. Honorary Canadians. All right. That's right. Uh, so, uh, but if you have been a fan, and I, I have since the beginning, I can remember like in 1980, I think it was. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Uh, but uh, songs like uh, I Will Follow come out, you know, the very early U2 mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, from the, oh, yeah, but a fan ever since. No question. Love watching their journey. Finally got to see them in concert a few years ago here in Phoenix. And, uh, that was uh, unbelievable and did not disappoint. And so, but the thing is, if you pay attention to them, I mean, so if you're not aware, uh, Bono, and I'll talk primarily about him, I don't know, I can't really speak for the rest of the band, uh, but uh, he is a Christian. He's, I think they're Catholic, but uh, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me. Irish he, Catholic. Yeah, yeah exactly. That would make sense, but he's definitely a Christian. He's given interviews about this and whatnot, but he's very uh, committed to his faith, which I love. I think that's really important. And he... Uh, um, you know, he's been married with the family this whole time, not the uh, rock star lifestyle, uh, quite the opposite. But, um, you know, he and his family read scriptures together, they read the Bible together and things like that. And uh, very admirable, in my, in my opinion. But if you listen to their lyrics for a lot of their songs, the impression that I get, and, uh, you know, as a convert, I kind of really tune into this kind of stuff. But the impression that I get from a lot of their songs is that they are really looking for answers Mm -hmm. gospel answers if you listen to the lyrics and the messages answers not just fluffy rock and roll let's do drugs (laughs) 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 admit it no well yeah we just moved from yellow brick road which is a fabulous song also which is not about gospel grounded it's not i mean and it's a different genre but still a great song but i agree um their music is a lot more down to earth very searching in, in very his, much yeah and just yeah. And, and you can tell kind of their their perception of the gospel and and they they have sort of a uh, you know the perception that the catholic church has has presented to people that god is untouchable and this ties right into our topic for today because mm-hmm. we're very much away from god uh he can't be bothered with uh, our petty little uh, needs and prayers and things like that and and so there's a line in a song I, I can't even remember the the title of which song this was but um, oh it's peace on earth I think was the name of the song but uh, uh, the sign the, the line rather is very um, it's always stuck out with me and uh, it's very telling so it says um, Jesus if you have the time to throw a drowning man a line peace on earth and that, to me, maybe I'm, I mean, you know, I'm a classic overthinker, right? I'm president of the Overthinkers Club, basically, <laughs> right? So I always kind of dive deep into this kind of stuff. But that, to me, gives a very distinct perception, right? When you think about that, Jesus, if you have the time, could you throw a drowning man a line, basically? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that shows that, well, it's like, yeah, you know what? He doesn't really have the time for us. If you could, please take the time out of your busy schedule and, and just help me out, this poor little guy. When, when you know, we don't, they don't understand that the Savior loves us more than anything. And, uh, you know, God is waiting to answer our prayers. And that love is there. And they're very, very close to us. And uh, they, they know everything. They know us more. and Well, they, they know us better than we know ourselves. They know more about us than we know about ourselves. And it's just not like that. And so for me, that is just like a longing for answers and the truth. And so, you know, my goal would be to uh, imagine this, being able to share the gospel with Bono. Like for me, that would be the ultimate hey, like, missionary maybe in the wing. next life. Maybe you the could, next you life. You could be the missionary for to, him. For the rock stars. Yeah. Missionary to oh, the stars. Oh, I like that. Oh, I could be missionary to the stars. Kind of like dancing with the stars. Not really. Mis- mis- 
it's uh, it's it's missionary uh, to the missionary stars. to the stars. Yeah, I mean, I think something Boy, like that. Can be kind some... of like the Robin Leach of missionary work. Oh, you know, okay. Where I'm just uh, oh, you just dated yourself uh, again, okay. right there. Okay, boy, it's it's how how wise am I for being 35? That's unbelievably <laughs> wise. Unbelievably wise. I'm very proud of myself for the wisdom I've gathered. Uh, way beyond my years, clearly. But anyway, uh, I, uh, I've just always found this. That's just one example of a U2 song. A lot of them have lyrics that talk about religion and things like that. And, and, and it's like there's a, a longing for you know, answers to why is the world like this? Why is there so much devastation and war in the world? And why do all these, you know, if God really exists and loves us, why do all these things happen? It's just a lack of knowledge of the gospel principles. And when you have that knowledge, you understand all of this fits, all of this works, and it's not fair, and things happen for reasons, but those reasons are valid, and they're all part of a giant plan of salvation. And so I'm always just, like them more than anyone, they're very vocal about those kinds of things, and I've just been always fascinated by that uh, that desire to learn about the gospel. And I think, I don't know, I, I think he'd be really open to, uh, to hearing the truth mm-hmm. someday. And I don't know, it's kind of a, a cool thing. But um, I do have, uh, you know, a very high regard for the band and, and for Bono especially um, because of um, that, that sort of, I, I think it's a desire that they have to really seek out the truth. Right. And it's there. Well, and I think the lyrics, and that's where I do like song lyrics, speak many people's truths that feel like they are drowning. They're drowning in sorrow or fear or just the world, like drowning in confusion, the confusion, the culture, drowning in the internet and your phone, and you could drown in that every distractions, night. Distractions, right? What was that? Distractions. Distractions. Drowning in distractions, and they really believe that they need someone to throw them a line to save them. When you know what, the line's there all the time. You just have to grab it, and that's the understanding. I think we're going to talk about today in this separation, being separate from God. God's always here and always willing. And even the U2 song that, that they use in Sing 2, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That's a, a mantra for so many people. They're just searching and searching. And that's where sharing the gospel is so important for us to do because they're searching and looking. And if you can be present whenever they're in that place, the truth will present and they will feel it and experience it and, and know. And that's what, what we're here for. Well, exactly. And, uh, you know, separation is, um, you, you know, it was sort of a topic that just came up for us in a conversation about something else. And then we started looking at the uh, the idea of it and what it really means. And as we discussed it, we realized this is an incredibly deep, complicated type of topic that uh, resonates on, on many levels with people. And, and also, too, I think it even, um, uh, the idea of it uh, creates behavior that is not uh, really you know valid or, or is even necessary because of a misunderstanding of it mm-hmm. and so so when we're talking about separation we're, we're, we're talking about uh, you know first of all that we are physically separated from God we all know that we all know and believe as a Christian that you uh, that we all existed before this earth earth life and we all lived in the presence of God, and we all uh, participated in the great war in heaven, and we voted for this opportunity for us to follow God's plan and to have the Savior, Jesus, as our actual Savior as part of the plan. And the idea with that being uh, his atonement and the redemption of all of our sins will allow us to return back to live with Heavenly Father for all of eternity. So that concept in itself perpetuates an idea of of separation that separation does exist 
But what we kind of discovered is, does it really exist? Are we truly separated or are we not separated from God? And that's what we're going to kind of really get into today mm-hmm. and, and discuss. And there's lots of uh, nuances to it. There's lots of ways that we can feel separated. There's lots of ways that we're meant to feel separated, whether it's through uh, Satan and the adversary, whether it's through the culture of the church or the natural man in all of us. But uh, there are also some gospel truths to help us to to really understand that we're not truly separated uh, from God as much as we might think. And that's a, a beautiful doctrine, and it's it's wonderful news. So we're going to dive into all of that uh, today. Ooh, and Wonderful oh, yeah. news. Now it's not just the good news of the gospel. It's wonderful news. So I like I like that one. We're changing. We're changing. That. That's, yeah, we're going to change the good news Bible to the wonderful news Bible. Let's just do that. Yeah, exactly. So everyone gets the message out. Right. Wonderful and, news. And so awesome. let's start off with Joe and I were talking about the uh, lesson for the week, which is... We did the creation last week, and this week is the fall of Adam and Eve. Um, and then, interestingly enough, it goes right into Cain and Abel. I think that's interesting. Hey, let's skip ahead now into Cain and Abel, which is the next big... Old Testament's great. It's full of big stories. Like, okay, let's just start out with a big story about killing somebody. <laughs> and That's a big story. It's it a is. good. It's a good entrance uh, or, or introduction, I guess, it, into it, the whole story, right? Interesting. It, it didn't take in. very long to get to that point of murdering your brother. That was a, a pretty fast one. But anyway, um, it, so we're talking about Adam and Eve and the fall and the separation of them and how they walked with God and, uh, and how Satan was needed, but they still had to choose in it. And let's just kind of dive into the separation too, that whenever Satan and the third of the hosts of heaven made the decision that they were the heat, they had a plan. This is what I want. And they were cast out. That means that they will always be separated from God. And those are the only spiritual beings that will be separated from God forever. And he wants us to be miserable like unto him. And we've read that scripture how many times, but how many, yeah, like you've read it more than I have, cause I don't really read scriptures that much, but I get what you're saying. Well, you were Catholic. You read the old <laughs> Testament growing up oh no I didn't it's even, <laughs> it was even more boring back then than it is now I think the Old Testament's a struggle for many younger people but as I I like the big stories again it's uh it's kind of like watching a major motion picture many times when you're reading the the Old like, Testament like Braveheart yeah uh, oh, let's <laughs> yeah that's that's a great movie um <laughs> we digress into movies but anyway he and and think about how and if if you really contemplate that if he wants us to be miserable like unto himself and that's what i've been contemplating this week that would mean he wants us to not return back to our heavenly father and be miserable like unto himself and be separate from him and in that the separation would also be here on this earth having us have this belief system that we are separate beings that we are not connected that we are that god is not here with us and and it is different than what we experienced in the pre-mortal life where we walked with him we talked with him we could feel him consistently um whenever we man fell that we could be that's where the separation had to occur because if we were with him why would we ever sin because there wouldn't be sin because there wouldn't be opposition to be able to have that happen so all of these have to be in place for the test and the trial and us to choose to be able to return back to him it would be like saying i'm going to play a game but i'm never taking it out of the box so i can but i'll never start it you got to take the the game out of the box which is okay all these things have to be in place The, the puzzle you know the pieces have to be there we have to be ready to do it okay let's start into all of it so we're we're in this and and now it's like you talked about are we truly separate from god and that's it's the culture let's just kind of dive into that 
creates a separation of us and them. And it really does. Like it's our culture and what we believe in and what we have perpetuated. And the culture being its own little energy and its own little creation. It's not just a person, it's people and their belief systems all buying into this culture that separates us as better, that separates us from someone else, that even separates me from you, that I'm I'm better than you or I'm different than you and the comparisons start coming in because of whatever and I'm going to try and prove that like I have a better car. Joe actually has a better car than I do, but <laughs> can't say that one. Joe actually has a better living space too. Mine's still in, in deconstruct mode. We're getting ready in our house fire to construct. So right now my living place is not one that's very desirable to live in. There are no doors and windows either. It's rather interesting. Oh, is that right? Shell, yeah. No show. walls, no doors, wow. no windows. I'm feeling very good today right now. Yes, actually. your apartment is uh, pretty cozy within all of that <laughs> place <laughs> to feel that way. But but it's comparisons then separate us even more from other people. The more we fall into that culture and separateness that we're better, then the more it creates that perspective or belief system of, of separateness. Separateness is uh, mortal beings, but also our separateness from God. It, it go, They go hand in hand. That's really interesting. I'm getting back to the uh, game board metaphor. Uh, not only do we have to take it out of the box and set it up, we also have to read the instructions to learn how to play. And that would be the gospel, like reading the scriptures. Very good. Just saying. That's all part of it. All coming together for me now. This is very exciting. So getting good. Yeah, the culture, that... <laughs> That whole thing is a hot mess, uh, let's be honest. That is, um, the thing is, it's it's weird because people have no idea that they're immersed in the culture. They no. know how they feel about the culture. And that's really sad is there are so many people who go to church and feel isolated. They feel alone because they're judged, because they are not uh, meant to feel that they're worthy, mm-hmm. all these things. You know, you've got this whole checklist that we always talk about that uh, the culture says here, this is how you need to live your life. And this is how you have to, this is the only way you have to live your life. If you want to really, you know, return to live with God, if you want the biggest glory that God or has. Or if you want to belong. Or if you it's want to belong. It's not even that. Oh, yeah. It's true. not just return. If you want to belong, here's the checklist. And, and we're going back to the Sadducees and Pharisees. If you want to belong with us... As this religion, you're going to check all of these things, and if you don't, we're going to be here to catch you and condemn you and kill you or do something else to you. That they, they, I mean, it was obedience through fear, but it's still the same thing of obedience through fear that if I don't do my checklist, I don't fit in and belong. It's belonging to this hole in the culture, and and the fear is created, again, not by a person, but by the gatekeepers or by the rule makers or the rule keepers that you have to continue to do that if you want to belong. Shame on you for not whatever it is that you have chosen to do that's outside of the culture. And it's um, completely ironic, and it goes against exactly what the church stands for and certainly what the gospel is. And I don't understand how people who are you know claim to be righteous members of the church treat people like this and, and think that this is exactly how it needs to happen. But this is, again, more of the traditions of the Father, which we talk about, that this kind of behavior has been passed down forever and ever. People get so stuck in the gospel being true that they just accept it as truth. And so if this is true, then we must do this. We must have to do all these things, and there's no questioning it, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter. I'm doing the right thing. What's interesting is converts come in, and I love when converts come in. They're new and they're fresh, 
and they don't understand the culture. And it literally is like you have to have a little booklet explaining what the culture is because they're lost. A dictionary. A di- yeah, the culture dictionary of unhealthiness that, well, why do we do this or why do we that? And people look at them like, well, that's just what we've always done. You know, duh. That's the- but there's nowhere in the gospel or in the missionary lessons that are that because that's not the truth. And cultural is different in different places that you live within that. And let's go back to the feeling separate within the church. That is created again through my belief system and my perspective. And probably every client I have had that's LDS has said at one time in their life, they have felt like they are sitting in church and they're utterly alone, especially divorced single, widowed, or never married. I'm sitting there. It's all families around me. I'm alone, which is the furthest from the truth that it ever could be. We all are, are there together. And just because a person sits with their families, they're still brothers and sisters. It was interesting yesterday. I do activity days and truth comes out of these little seven, eight, nine, ten 10 year olds, more than adults. And one of them, it's really cute. One family in our ward has adopted many different children from different nationalities or different races. And one girl is black and her sister is white. And one of the little eight-year-old, nine-year-old girl said, aren't you adopted? Which is pretty obvious because they look nothing like each other right. from, from each, from, and she's, and, and, and she said, yes, all of the children in our family are adopted. And then the girl sitting next to her, who's the oldest, more wiser of, she's 11 said, I'm adopted too. Well, and I'm adopted also. My parents adopted me. And I said, and I'm adopted too. And the feeling of, you know, how do you belong whenever you aren't born to your parents? Because their family is a, uh, you know, they've all been born into this family. No one is adopted. Was curious. And, and they said, but are, are they your real brothers and sisters? And I said, well, strangely enough, we're all brothers and sisters. I'm your sister. She's your sister. In fact, your mom is your sister because that's how we all are. And if you look at that and coming to church, we're all brothers and sisters. Just because I sit as a family doesn't mean necessarily that I'm any different than sitting next to someone that is not my child. We're all brothers and sisters, and we always will be. We always will be that have that spiritual connection with each other. Well, yeah, when we say that, we refer to God's children, right? We're all God's children. Children, right. You know, offspring of heavenly parents, right? And so by that definition, we are all related. Uh, now, in mortality, that's different, um, right, because we uh, still need to create our own families and, and go through the experience of uh, of finding love and building families and, and all the things that we have to go through. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I still have a hard time with uh, with those labels, though, with well, brother and sister, because we get if you've never been to the other church, that's how we it's, it's call strange, each other. And it's but strange. it's truth again, and and even you don't have to be LDS to realize that we all existed before this, and that we were all created. You know, there's a supreme being that created of spiritual body for us to be in and and that connects all of us together and i don't care what what religion there's some form of connection within whether you're connect you know connected through whatever way but it's interesting that people get to come to church and why and asking yourself why is it they feel like they don't belong why do they not have that sense of belonging how has that been created through what the culture through not accepting loving um, and through judgment, it, I mean, there's a lot of different layers to that. And how can we be more loving and accepting to anyone that comes, no matter who it is? 
You know, and uh, all, everything we're talking about here um, has just, uh, you know, brought to mind um, a um, just a recent episode about submitting our will to the Lord, and that's the uh, casually committed episode, if you haven't listened to it yet. But uh, some of the feedback that we received on that one is uh, we, we, we talk very, um, you, you know, openly about how the culture of the church wants you to submit your will to it instead of submitting it to God. And that got a little bit of backlash. I mean, that's a bit of a bold statement if you just look at it and not really understand it. Um, but uh, everything that you just said is supporting all of that. And I want to just get that out there to people and help them understand that, you know, we are not saying anything against the church in any way. We're talking about the culture and how people treat other people and, and create all this loneliness and all these things. But the idea is that the, the, the approach here is that people in the culture of the church are saying, here's what you have to submit to, because this is what you have to do to belong, right? And to be accepted and to feel that you're all part of this. And if you don't do this, then, you know, you're not going to have that feeling. And that's what we were talking about with all this. But it very much is um, asking people to submit their will to this whole checklist mentality. Right. And the culture disconnects us from the truth of the gospel because the culture is a, a its own little entity or being that is created through all of these different belief systems and people buying into them. And um, truth of the gospel or truth will dispel the culture and and it will disappear whenever you really go into truth that there is no there is no there is a culture of the church again created by us but in truth there's no there is no culture it is simply truth and it is always going to be and it will always exist and and i realize people have a and people will even tell me mm, i don't believe in culture that's i I don't know how they could have a blind eye because culture isn't just in the church. We live in a culture, the Southwestern culture. We live in Arizona. There's a Utah culture. There's one in the East, you know, like in New York. There's or, cultures everywhere. Every it is. Every country. country, every every type of people has their own culture, and that's beautiful. <clears throat> it's amazing if you oh, think about totally. the, all the cultural uh, things that, uh, that we have on this earth. Every type of uh, community every type of race every type of uh, every type of country they all have their own music they all have their own customs they all have their own food all these things are cultural and that makes our world incredible right imagine if we all ate the same food for Boring. example yeah well completely and that's it was never about that it's always about because again if you don't have all of this diversity and all of these different things we can't have agency because there's not nothing to choose mm-hmm. right we all have the same food and there's only one choice so again that just plays into how agency and opposition all things is important correct and let's talk about then how culture becomes unhealthy it's the fear of something different that's going to invade me or try to change me that people don't like and it's the same with the LDS culture of we have to stay in our own little bubble and we're fearful that people will try to change us or try to make us be something different which comes back from the pioneers where they would come in and there was a lot of opposition to what they had and they really had to be pretty close-knit but instead of being fearful of that and judgmental that what I have is right what you have is wrong comparing mine is better than yours it's simply accepting and loving people no matter what their culture is and, and saying, wow, just like what you said, I can learn and grow from this. And that dispels the, the actual fear of it 
and not worrying about is someone trying to change me or is someone trying to make me into something I don't want to be. Truth doesn't ever make us try to be something. Truth is circumscribed into one great whole. Truth will always exist, and it is a choice of us of what we're going to do with it and how we're going to use it in our lives. Wow. I don't know what to say to that. That's well, deep. It's good yeah. stuff. <laughs> but it's just scripture. And that's yeah. the thing. The culture isn't truth. There is not no. truth within this idea of right and wrong and judgment within the church. But the gospel is true. And again, are we coming, what are we coming to church with and, and noticing judgment? It was interesting. I was listening to a podcast uh, by, uh, I think it was Tara Brock this week, and she talked about this man who um, was black and he really is trying to be free of judgment just because of the judgment of color and race that has been put upon that and the, uh, an oppression upon that people for quite some time. And he said, I'm really working at letting go of that. And he got on a plane and noticed that both of the pilots were black. And he thought, wow, this is great. You know, I, I'm really, how exciting that, that now these cultural barriers are being broken down and there are opportunities for everyone and they're in the air flying and there's a lot of turbulence. And, and interestingly, he's very aware, so it's very into mindfulness in this podcast and talk, that's what I was talking about was mindfulness. His mindful thought in the middle of this flight when this horrible turbulence came up was, wow, I hope that they, meaning that they're black, can handle it because of who they are. And he thought, wait a minute, where he's black. Yes. Where did that come from? But again, it's a cultural programming that it needs to be dispelled. It's not truth. Just because someone's a certain race doesn't make them any less good at something smarter, not as smart. It's, and, and he noticed it and he said, wow, it is ingrained deeply in me that, that even I would have those thoughts that's a mindful awareness to be to be present to while we're at church or while we're within our lives what is my perception and how am i how am i allowing the culture to affect me and i think that's where we're diving into this in that the separation piece and how am i perceiving per- the separation from god and is it truth and that's what we're going to talk about it's not true that we're separated from God. Sure, let's go back again to the fall. Adam and Eve fell. They're kicked out of the Garden of Eden, and now is the veil placed between God and them. And in one of the versions of the Bible, because there's different versions, the NIV and the Revised Bible, I read this week, it said they left the garden, and they could still hear the voice of God from the garden. Interesting. Like, there's a veil. And think about what a veil is. A veil is permeable. You can still hear through it. Now, we have a veil in the temple. That's part of the, the ceremony that we have within that. But it's not something, it's not a brick wall. It's not soundproof. It doesn't block God. We are not completely separate from him. And that's where we as a church and, and have the truth of personal revelation and being able to hear him. Right. The, uh, I mean, the veil, we, we can't see through it. Uh, it's, um, it prevents us from actually physically seeing the what we call the spirit world or just uh, the other side, right, where, uh, you know, everyone is who's not here on this earth. Um, very interesting about the culture not being truth, because that's absolutely true that it isn't. But the irony to me is is that the culture thinks it's 100% truth. Mm-hmm. Like everything that they say to you is exactly the truth and how we should be treating people. It wants you to buy into that. Submit your will to it. That's truth what we're is talking about. very hard to find in the world. 
the what you read on your phone from CNN, from whoever, Fox News, especially from other people, is not truth. It's opinion. And what you read on your phone in the scriptures is truth. You know, that's what comes from conference is truth. But so much of what we see and perceive is not truth that you that they want you to create a persona or be this thing to fit in and that you'll bring joy and happiness to you is not truth. And that's, again, where the gospel dispels that that culture. It does. Yeah, and it's, it's very clear. And that's, again, really one of the driving factors and motivations of this podcast is to cut through all of that cultural crap and just present the raw truth of the gospel principles, the simple truth, and just give people the opportunity to really think about it and, and you know, decide for themselves if they want to apply that or if it makes sense again this is a lot, a lot of this is, is our opinion how we see things but um, you know the idea is just uh, let's create a dialogue let's just sort of not completely just be spoon-fed and, and take in everything blindly and never question it or think about it but let's just talk about you know are these real truths or not let's look at how we're made to feel and how uh, we treat other people and whatnot and then, and then seek after that truth. So we do want to kind of um, give that sort of perspective on things and, and hope that it, uh, it is helpful. Uh, so let's kind of continue that conversation about separation uh, in the sense that, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about the, the elements in the world that make us actually feel like we are We're separated separate. from God and, and, that's and a, how that's deceiving a little bit. So let's start with that. Like our physical bodies are a gift from God. Whenever we, we just talked about Adam being created from the dust of the earth, the savior did that, took it and matter again and organized it into it. And then the breath of life is breathed into him. Sure. Our physical bodies keep us separate, but what's interesting is, and, and the, the physical part of our being, and we were talking about being single versus being married, the separateness of that physical feels even more pervasive in our lives whenever we're single and we don't have a partner because in that cleaving to that partner is the joining of the physical body and that that no longer separate you're no longer a separate being like you are connected in a physical way and the longing for that is very healthy and very natural and god created that to procreate replenish the earth to also provide emotional spiritual understanding and learning of how to be to be close in many different ways so there is a separateness but the physical body is simply a a mechanism for our spirit to be in for us to choose to learn how to work with a gift from god and it provides a separateness but it's not the truth of our spirit because if you were to look at your spirit it, it isn't necessarily contained within your your body like it is bigger or different there's not a it's not a how do I put it? Like there's not a container that, that it's because it's an energy or something that has existed forever. And so within that, sure, we do have our, our physical bodies that are separate, but we still have our spiritual selves, which is different than a different type of matter, like more pure right. than that. I wonder if uh, <laughs> this is my uh, own, you know, sick way of looking at the world, but I wonder if, uh, you know, Adam was ever tempted to uh, to tell God, "Hey, I, you know, I've got more ribs. You got more girls." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Adam had his hands full with uh, <laughs> no all of kidding. the. Yeah. No kidding. Okay, now I got to name all the animals. Now I'm going to go out and I have to learn a new way That's of sweating. Crazy. My, you know, my you sweat of my the brow. Thing. And... That's a very natural man way of thinking of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of you just things. went into the total natural man part yeah. of it. But, but let's it... talk about how the natural man makes us feel separated from God, right? As well, the natural man. So even Satan. Let's go back. 
back to that because that's really where this piece comes in. It's the mm-hmm. opposition in it. Satan would have us believe that we are separate, like he is separate from God, but that's not the truth. Satan is separate. He will never return back to him, but we have God and we have grace and we have the atonement all around us, which would be both the Savior and Heavenly Father, one in purpose. So when we say God, kind of taking them and putting them together, lumping them together in that, they're all around us and his love is all around us. And our belief, if we buy into Satan and his lies, who's the father of lies, is that we are separate and that we will not hear God or be connected to him. And that that's where that feeling of loneliness, of abandonment, and and going back to to you two of, of throw me a line. Like, I need you. I, I need help from you. I'm here waiting, as opposed to saying, wow, I know you're here. What am I doing that I'm not grabbing a hold of the line and I'm not allowing you in? That's right. That's the, again, that's the perception I think that we are given through uh, religion and through our own experiences and then the adversary as well. But it is that helpless feeling like we are not in control, meaning, and it's a complete opposite, right? It's for, for every gospel principle, Satan has a counterfeit, right? And that has to fulfill the plan of, of opposition or having opposition within the plan of salvation. So it makes sense that there are things like that. But, you know, people are made to feel like I can't just go to God and ask him for something. I have to just, you know, it's not there for me to take. It's only by his grace if he's willing to give it to me and, and probably not. Or even if I now repent and become worthy partake of his grace. I'm always worthy, no matter what I've done, no matter where I'm at, it's always there. It's my belief system that I'm unworthy and unworthy other, which the unworthy other isn't, isn't good enough. There's a lot of shame in that to be able to partake of it. And I have to prove myself and by being obedient, by, um, like beating myself up and it's being aware of thoughts. Many of us will think over and over. Why did I do that? That was so stupid. I'm, I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. I just, I never can do things right. I need to do better. If I do better, then I'll be worthy. If I do better, then I'll make it into celestial kingdom. Just show me where the measuring stick is. So I know how far I have to get in doing better. That goes right back to the checklist. It's it's telling, asking the culture of the church, you know, what do I have to do? To, to be good with God. And tell me. And, and, and tell me. And that's where I have a problem me. with people who want a coach or someone. Just tell me what to do with my life. Tell me where to go with my life. Tell me how to live my life so that I can be happy. No, no one can tell you how to live your life. No one needs to tell you. In fact, that's Satan's way. Hey, if you do this, you'll be happy. No, listen and let the Lord lead you because those thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Back to scripture again. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Allowing him to prevail is allowing his thoughts to be there. And it's interesting when you notice that his thoughts are never what I've been thinking. Like, oh, okay, well, that's something completely different than what my natural man was bringing into this moment. And it's a, a greater full understanding as opposed to my very limited understanding, which the culture wants to keep you limited in your understanding and not go outside and broaden and become aware of limitless possibilities that are there that you just need that you can explore and ask and then choosing ultimately why we're here. I have all of these possibilities. What am I going to choose? Well, it was always Satan's plan in the beginning, if you remember, right? And I think this is what people need to understand. And maybe it's, it's not clear for some people too, but it's super important. But, you know, the, the way the whole thing happened was Heavenly Father had a plan for us to follow. And then Satan stepped in and said, you know, I have a better plan. It's going to guarantee that 
everybody will return home to you. You're not going to lose anybody. If they, you know, if they are left up to themselves to choose, well, people are going to choose not to return to you or they're not going to be strong enough to do it. He had a very convincing argument, but his plan was always a plan of being acted upon, right? Mm-hmm. His plan was all about, let me show you what to do. Let me take you, guide you through it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to think for yourself. You don't have to make any decisions at all. You don't have to choose a single thing. Follow my plan, and I will guarantee that you're able to come back to Heavenly Father. And again, this is funny to say, but it's, uh, that, that's exactly how the culture of the church presents you know, the, the plan to us, like the checklist. Their thing is like, hey, this is what you have to do. You have to follow this checklist, and if you do, we're all going to end up in the celestial kingdom and, and be happy and have God's glory. Now, I know that these people are not intentionally trying to be like Satan or to mislead people, but that's the mindset that they've fallen into. That's the cultural mindset is that here is a plan, and it's just completely ironic because it's the complete opposite of the plan we actually chose to be here. Correct, and it really isn't the plan. The plan is for us to come and choose. But interestingly enough, it's the traditions of the fathers, and this is where the traditions of the fathers are brought up in the scriptures as not healthy and not what we want to follow are the traditions. Well, why do I do this? Because my father did it. No. That is, sure, your father has some great things to offer to you, but you try it, see if it fits, choose, and and find for yourself, which again, President Nelson, over and over, find for yourself what that is. Personal revelation is necessary. You will not survive without it. How do I then receive it? So it's it's now turning to, and this is, I think, a lot of the goal of where our podcast is, how do I receive this personal revelation by letting go of the culture, by letting go of this belief system, but I have to first become aware of what my belief system is. So being aware of my thoughts and what am I really thinking as a man thinketh, so you know, so he is. And I think, therefore, I am. Exactly, but that's <laughs> the natural man. I think, therefore, I am. Totally natural man. I'm wired in because the overthinker president sitting across from me. Hello, everyone. Hello. I, I, I also would call you the poster child for the overthinkers. We'll just put Joe Peck. <laughs> you poster, sound like a drug addict or poster something. Poster child for poster overthinkers. Child for overthinkers. Oh, I, give me a topic. I'll overthink it to death. Yeah, there are many you. of them. But that's the problem is being aware of our thoughts and then asking, is this thought truth? What is this thought perpetuating in me? What is this thought bringing to me? Is is this thought something that is a natural man thought? And and most of the time it is. The natural man is the thinker. The spirit is the part with the connection between the heart and the brain that connects those thoughts to a spirit to allow the spirit to be present. So letting go of those thoughts, clearing the mind, being still and without thought is the only place we're back to meditation. I come back here pretty much every week because it's truth. That is the only place for God to be present is in stillness when the natural man is still peaceful, quiet, and ready and allowing God to prevail, allowing to hear the voice of the Lord. Because guess what? The voice, the Lord wants to talk to us. He wants us to hear. The only thing that blocks it is us. That's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy to think, and he does. He wants to bless us, and people struggle with getting blessings or not being blessed or whatever. How do I get blessings? And, and you know, he, they think that God doesn't want to. And, I, you know, I, I am victim of that, too. I, I've been struggling with, with that a lot. And, you know, it's understanding his timing, but we also really do have to ask. And uh, a, a good thing to understand is, is that every blessing is predicated on 
uh, obeying obedience. a commandment, obedience. Right. Yeah. So if you do follow commandments, and again, this this bleeds into checklists because they're told to say, "Hey, listen, here's all the commandments you're supposed to follow. If you follow all these commandments, you're going to get all these blessings." It's really not like that because it just becomes more. Um, I just um, right. It just it just becomes reactive. Okay. Basically. So so let's look at it top down as opposed to bottom up. Like there's different ways of looking at things. I keep the checklist because I want the blessings, and that way I'm going to earn my way into the celestial kingdom. That is a total checklist, cultural, Sadducee, Pharisee. You got to live this way as opposed to. So there's bottom up, top down. I love God. God has given me these commandments. So we're up here at the top. I you know I love Him. That is the ultimate emotion, the ultimate connection, ultimate the, motivation. the ultimate truth, the ultimate truth is God is love. That will never change. God loves us in a way that we don't understand the way that we don't love ourselves, but we need to learn to love ourselves in that way because it's unconditional and it's greater than any, anything we can mortally comprehend. I, God loves me. I love God. There's where I'm struggling in, in my mortalness. Because I love God, I want to serve and I want to follow the commandments. And there is no disposition to not do those, to do evil or to not follow them. Why? Because I'm focused on him and I'm focused on loving him. And so my life aligns with that and my heart is truly changed. And that's where a Zion people comes from. And ultimately that's our goal is to become a Zion people, one in purpose, one in heart. My heart is changed through the love of God, again, which surrounds me all the time hardening my heart think of something hardened it will prevent that love from permeating and being a part of me soft-hearted that the it's written on the fleshy tables of my heart brings in that soft peaceful allowing quiet still place the culture and the natural man is the exact opposite oh let's let's I'm feeling this emotion or I'm feeling this thing. I don't want to sit still with it and present it to God and allow him. And I'm going to distract. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to watch movie. I'm going to call my friend. I'm going to ask their advice and what they would do and have them tell me what it is or, you know, the culture of the church says to do it this way. So I'll just blindly follow that. Well, that is when you, when you don't have the answers there, you look for answers and you just think, well, what should I do? And, you know, you talk to people in the, in the culture and they'll just say, well, here's what you do and do all these things and then that's kind of that but that might not be the right thing for you to actually do in that situation or you know you, you may they may make you feel like you have to do that or you're going to feel separated right you're going to mm-hmm. be or they may even separate you well yeah. if you choose to do that i can no longer be your friend or i can no longer you know I, i'm going to separate myself as opposed to lovingly seeing it as you choose and i'll love you no matter what and there we're back to parenting and the hard part about parenting of allowing your children to choose and i'll love you no matter what. hundred percent it is. And uh, again, just being kind of aware of this behavior, like it's just all very natural for us to want to separate and feel like, Hey, you know, I just uh, had my heart broken or I just uh, had a bad experience with something or I just lost my job or anything like that. And it's, it's uh, very natural for us to just want to separate, go away, lick our wounds, heal ourselves and go through that torture, right? When, that's not what God wants at all, and, and that's the whole point of, of uh, this stuff is the atonement, where that, the atonement takes on all of that. Oh. So you don't have to try and heal yourself or even go through a really tough, lonely, separated kind of time in your life 
uh, because of that, but it's just a very natural thing for us to do. And it's not bad. I mean, this is an inherent natural man part of us. All of us have this. So it's, you're not a bad person if you do that. Really what we just want to, to, to talk about today is to, is to give you the opportunity to be self-aware that, you know, this is behavior that I do, and this is not the right behavior because I don't have to do this. I do have that love. I do have that support. I have God with me. I just have to reach out and ask, and I can feel all of, uh, all of that love, and I can feel that healing, and I can feel like I'm not separated because that was never what God right. intended and, and all. There's just, it's the culture. It's natural man, Satan. These are the forces that create that in us, but that was never what God wanted. So the breakup part is one of the most prevalent ones because I'm connected really closely in a relationship. Yes, and deeply. Now I feel very separate because I have severed that. That is truth. But again, the connection with God is always there, and it always has been there, and it's coming again to rely on that and always having that be a part. Sin also tries to disconnect us, and that's where Satan, who you know, wants us to fall into that place, say, I've sinned, I'm no longer connected to God. That is not true either. You're the one believing that because I've sinned, he doesn't love me. Not true. He loves you just as much. He, you know, he needs to forgive me. Sunday in our lesson, someone said, and then God forgives me. And I raised my hand. I said, God doesn't forgive us because he's never held it against us in the first place to need to forgive. Well, that's crazy. Forgiveness is a huge part of every religion. Right. But God is all loving. Again, God's love is bigger than what we understand. There is no forgiveness from him because he's never judged me or said he is the judge. Mm -hmm. And remember there is sin where I missed the mark, but he doesn't need to forgive because he loves me completely. So forgiveness is for us. Correct. It's for us to forgive each other. Correct. And we don't have to seek forgiveness. And and that's just like people who say that, you know, I did this and I I know I disappointed God. But that's not true at all because God already knew you were going to do that because he sees everything. He he knows everything that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life already before you even know that it's going to be an option for you to choose. So you can't disappoint God and you don't need God's forgiveness because it's not necessary. Can you see how that provides the separateness that... I, I have to wait for him to forgive me. Then I can join back with him. Kind of like with a human, I have to wait for them to forgive because a lot of people give other people a silent treatment till they're forgiven. Oh, yeah. And then I can join back with them. They see God as a human. He's not. And he is all loving. And well, that's, uh, that's the same as penance in the Catholic Church, correct. for example, right? You correct. sin and it's like, okay, here's your, here's your penance. You need to say 10 Hail Marys and 10 Our Fathers and then you'll be forgiven. But can you see through a physical thing, they tell you then God loves you? That's not... It's all conditional, yeah, which is completely a culture. false. It's, again. It is, but I mean, that's, that's... And that's the thing when you don't know the difference and you're told this and you're, you're told this by a priest who is... In your eyes, the authority, he knows all mm-hmm. of this stuff. So that's why he's the priest. And so I got to do what he says. And that's the same thing. And, and you know, one thing we talked about was the, uh, the lack of um, or the separation that's created from even our church leaders, how they're not creating connection. And that's the same thing with, 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 with that, with a priest or with your, I, you know, members of our church suffer the same kind of separation uh, anxiety, right, uh, with their leaders because they don't do a good job of, you know, and this is more cultural, but the, a lot of the cultural Leaders who are stuck in the culture don't do a good job of creating a connection. It's, and it's, that's they, they end up creating more separation right. than anything. And that's my belief as to why they're to connect with the youth. The youth need that right now to know they're loved and supported by many different people and have that connection as they grow up and feel and sense that. So. They do, even more so in, uh, with the way the world is, is going. It's going. It is for sure. Holy cow. 
This has been a great episode. Yeah. And hopefully everyone has learned a few new things from the gospel and from truth and being able to just be more aware of their connection to God and really asking yourself, going home to, and really searching and being open through stillness to that today. That would be a great challenge. It is. I mean, that's the thing that's most important. You know, no one's bad for feeling separated. No one's bad for being made to feel a certain way by the culture. Uh, it's, it's, this is all just about awareness. Just realize that, hey, you know what, this is kind of what the culture is, is doing, the effect that they're creating, and they are creating that separation. That's not what God wants. So just be aware of that, and when you see that, you can tell yourself, hey, listen, you know, I shouldn't be listening to this, and this isn't right, and, um, you know, and these people aren't right, right the way they make me feel. Again, awareness of thoughts and asking, is this truth? And if, it, if it's something that is um, telling you you're separate, then it's not, it's not truth, and it's, and it's causing that separation or that belief system. That's exactly right. And this, uh, again, you know, we're really focused on truth here. That's what we want to get across is to, and, and to help people realize that, you know, where the truth comes from and where it doesn't come from and help you distinguish the difference. And then just apply the real honest truth in your life for yourself, not for what other people think you should do or how you should act or what you should be, but really take the truth uh, that we know to be true and apply that in your life for what, uh, for what you need. And, and, you know, go to God and, and find out, you know, if something that the church is presenting is what you need, right? And just not uh, take things just as they're spoon-fed to you and, and take it all as truth regardless without even you know, just like having blind faith, that is not helpful in any way. And it's, that's what the culture perpetuates, but that is not the road that you want to be on. And so we just really want to make you aware of that. And, uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay um, to, uh, to be where you're at. It really is. And you can always grow from there. And, and that's what we want to help you do with that. So with that being said, I think we're going to wrap up another successful episode <laughs> look at that <laughs> lots of great uh, discussions today and once again as always uh, thank you very much keep your feedback coming in and uh, comment online and on social media uh, about this and your experiences and your stories topics you want us to uh, to to consider and talk about we would love to to know what you want to hear and what you're struggling with and how we can provide some insights into maybe uh, overcoming that and uh, we'll uh, look forward to hearing and, and uh being with you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep the faith and keep your stick in the ice. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Impeccable Perspective Podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify, Amazon Prime, iHeartRadio, and wherever fine podcasts are sold.